Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up, after a year's high pandemic, the Hancock County Fair is back for 2021, just the way you remember. Opening day at the fair is Veterans Day, with free admission and special activities for those who have served. We'll get the full scoop. Speaking of veterans, part of the government's plan to address America's infrastructure needs includes the expansion of broadband internet access to rural areas. Among the agencies championing the issue of universal connectivity is the Veterans Administration. We'll explain. And State Representative John Cross is among the dignitaries who will be in attendance speaking with constituents and supporting youth projects at the Hancock County Fair as well. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, September 1st, 2021. Here at the Hancock County Fair, courtesy of the folks at Legacy Farmers Co-op, and join us from uh, Legacy Legacy, uh, Lawn and Pet, uh, is Matt McGuire. Matt, it's still very early. Yeah, Chris, it's just a little early this morning, but it's okay. We're going to get through this together. (laughs) I I tell you what, you guys, especially Legacy Lawn and Pet, very busy out here uh, at the fair. Yeah, for sure. We got a lot of kids out here, uh, good customers of ours, feeding their projects for the fair this year. And, uh, you know, like you said there, it's great to be back at the fair. We took kind of a year off last year. Um, So it's great to be back. The kids are all excited to get this thing kicked off. No question. I don't mean to put you on the uh, spot here, but how much feed are you going to go through i mean basically you're feeding just about all the animals out here right yeah for sure i I feel like we do feed a lot of these animals out here for these kids um you know i don't know i mean you know the average say the average pig probably eats you know 10 bags of feed and is you know if you call it his lifetime or a show career for these kids there so you know it's good 500 pounds of feed for them guys to say it's uh, got to be literally tons of uh, your product uh, that is going to be out here uh, feeding these animals keeping them uh, fed keeping them uh, healthy and, and ready to go we could not ask for better weather for the animals uh, and and for all the exhibitors I mean it's just uh, wonderful to be back at the fair yeah for sure great weather this week here anybody that's out there you know stop on out to the fair here get your fair food whatever your favorite may be uh, my, mine's a mine's a good gyro over at the gyro corner there Chris I don't know what your favorite fair food is but you know everybody's got one there so yeah great weather this week everybody stop on out and uh for those who are not familiar legacy lawn and pet uh talk a little bit about what you do and uh some of the stuff that that you have available for folks yeah we got you know anything from uh pet food we've got uh high-end pet food where we sell pond chemicals bird seed uh we'll fill your propane tanks out there too that's a really good business for us there and the you know the, the customer service that's what we sell ourselves on there so um anything you know stuff like that there's softener salt uh and obviously you know we said feed for all your livestock and your animals and uh, even though you are a part of the legacy farmers co-op uh umbrella serve much more than farmers right yeah correct you know we we like to say you know we're kind of the face face of the community for legacy farmers you know you don't you don't need to be a farmer to shop at our store so you know we welcome the public every day um so that that's kind of what we do there we're the we're we're the face of of legacy farmers so uh, make sure that you uh, stop by thank the uh, folks at legacy farmers co-op and legacy lawn and pet for making our broadcast here at the fair possible today and uh it, you got kids, you got uh, uh, youngins that'll be showing? Yep, I sure do. I got two two kids, Haley and Logan. Uh, they'll be showing their market lambs uh, tomorrow afternoon over here. So, 
Awesome. Well, best of luck, and Matt, thanks very much for dropping by uh, uh, bright and early or dark and early, as the uh, case may be, uh, here at the fairgrounds. We appreciate it. Legacy Far- Farmers Cooperative, Legacy Long and Pet, making our broadcast from the fair possible here this morning. So uh, this is an interesting story. Among the first things you need to know this morning, saw this story on the uh, Newswire. We turned this into our question of the day. There is a McDonald's restaurant in Medford, Oregon, that has gotten some attention online for uh, it, it's amid the worker shortage. They are now recruiting 14 and 15 year olds. The uh, operator of this franchise, Heather Coleman, tells the Business Insider that the minimum wage raise to $15 an hour that they did uh, a couple of months ago did not bring in as many job applicants as they had hoped, but she got about 25 applications in two weeks when they put out the call for 14- and 15-year-olds. She said these young workers have been a blessing because they have great drive, great work ethic. They get the technology. They catch on really quickly. Insider says uh, other fast food chain restaurants also looking to younger workers as they face a shortage of employees with restaurant workers continuing to leave the industry at record rates. And although there are different labor laws, those vary from state to uh, state to state. The federal minimum age for non-agricultural jobs is 14. So they're out there recruiting 14 and 15 year olds and uh Kids those age are allowed to work in restaurants and quick service businesses, although the number of hours and times of the week uh, are limited. So your question of the day, I'd be curious, how old were you when you got your first job? You can check out our Facebook page, the uh, WFIN Facebook page. We have that posted, and uh, you can share your story. How old were you when you got your first job? Really interesting story here off of the uh, Newswire. Some of the other uh, first things you need to know this morning uh i thought this was uh, rather interesting and it goes along really well hand in hand with the fair uh here a growing number of doctors it says are giving prescriptions not just for medications but for spending time outdoors in nature they're prescribing this particularly for kids the pandemic has highlighted the health benefits of more outdoor time, and these doctors are responding to that. Dr. Maya Moody, president-elect of the Missouri chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics, says pediatricians in particular have been seeing increases in child anxiety and obesity since the pandemic began, and the idea sprang out of that. She is about a, she is one of about a dozen pediatricians who have been giving out nature prescriptions. She said it's just like an antibiotic. They uh, use it in uh, many ways. They say just go to the park, do something, get outdoors. They're actually prescribing this for their young patients. Maryland Dr. Stacy Beller-Stryer is an associate medical director with the online put- platform ParkRx America, which helps medical professionals write nature prescriptions. The site has a database of thousands of parks and public lands that doctors can search filtering by activity, distance from a patient's home, and amenities such as playgrounds when writing a prescription. So you bring the kids out to the fair. It's healthy. The the doctor will tell you that. I thought that was kind of interesting. And uh, one other note here, among the first things you need to know this morning, because we've been following, this is very important, we've been following this as we head toward fall, 
the uh, proliferation of pumpkin spice everything. Pumpkin spice Bud Light Seltzer is coming. That's right. Bud Light Seltzer has a new variety pack called the Flannel Pack that includes fall-inspired flavors, including pumpkin spice, toasted marshmallow, maple pear, and apple crisp. Uh, All of the drinks come in 12-ounce cans that feature a flannel-inspired plaid design. And it'll be available beginning September 6th, so the end of this week, at retailers nationwide. Only for a limited time through the end of October. So get your (laughs) pumpkin spice Bud Light seltzer, of all things. I just want to make sure that you're up to speed. I mean, it's very important stuff. We want to make sure that we uh, get you covered here with the first things you need to know for this Wednesday morning. WFIN News, I'm John Marshall. The WTOL 11 first alert weather, mostly sunny, breezy, and a high near 80. Your full forecast is coming up. One woman was taken to a hospital and another arrested after a stabbing at the city mission of Findlay. The Findlay Police Department says officers responded to the shelter at 510 West Main Cross Street a little before 4 p.m. on Tuesday for a fight in progress. Officers were advised before arriving that a knife was involved and one person had been stabbed. Officers arrived to find the suspect in the stabbing outside and she was detained. The suspect was identified by police as 21-year-old Mary Jo Gavigan of the Perrysburg area who had been staying at the mission. The victim of 51-year-old from the Toledo area, who was also staying at the mission, was located inside a facility suffering from several stab wounds. She was treated at the scene and then taken to Blanchard Valley Hospital. Police said her condition was not known, but her injuries did not appear to be life-threatening. The assault was broken up by city mission staff and by bystanders. Gavigan was arrested and booked into the Hancock County Justice Center on a charge of felonious assault. The Finley Rotary Club has announced the finalists for its annual Golden Apple Awards, celebrating excellent teachers in Findlay and Hancock County. Those selected at the high school level are Chelsea Burden at Van Buren High School, Mark Laux and Daniel Wilson from Findlay High School. Middle school finalists are Miranda Kennedy at Van Lu, Christina Rodman at Van Buren Schools, and Liberty Benton's Raymond Wolf. Elementary school teachers chosen as finalists are Brooke Imke at Jefferson Primary, Becky Solomon at Washington Preschool, and Mackenzie Wenner of Wilson Vance Intermediate School, all in Findlay. The winners of the award at each level will be announced at the Golden Apple Awards Dinner on October 20th. The Finley Police Department is asking the public for help in identifying three pickpocketing suspects who may be part of a gang. Police say three people in the surveillance pictures pickpocketed debit and credit cards from an elderly woman on Tuesday. Police also say the three used the stolen cards at a Finley Walmart and at the Sam's Club in Holland, Ohio, where they purchased gift cards. Anyone with information about those individuals is urged to contact Crime Stoppers at 419-425-TIPS. In for Matt Demchek, I'm John Marshall. WFIN News. This morning, coming to you from the Hancock County Fair. Opening day of the fair, as we mentioned, is, of course, Veterans Day. And that means free admission and a lot of special activities for those who have served. Nicole Coleman, the Hancock County Veteran Services Office, is with us. Uh, here at our location at the fairgrounds, which is really nice digs, by the way. It's a, a new location uh, right outside the uh, cattle uh, barn. 
Uh, thanks to the uh, Cattlemen's Association and uh, Northwestern Masonry SNS Landscaping putting together this beautiful patio outside the cattle uh, barn, and uh, that's where we're broadcasting from. They've been gracious enough to uh, give us their uh, space and also their ambiance. You can hear the you can hear the cows out there. Nicole, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Especially on what I know is going to be a very busy day for you. You're going to be out here all day. So coming out early to be with us uh, and highlight all of this, we certainly do appreciate. Uh, but there are, as we said, a whole slate of special activities and events happenings for veterans today. Yeah. So like you said, veterans get in for free today with their state or uh, federal veterans ID card. And we will be in the old Millstream building. Typically, we were making sure we telling everyone that, hey, this is the air conditioned building. But right now, we don't need the air conditioning. I'm sure later today, we will be hoping for the air conditioning. But we'll be in there all day from 9 until 7 tonight. And so, for by the way, I, just to interject, you're going to be there through the entire fair, too, right? Not just today. That is correct. So we'll be in the old Millstream building today only, and then we'll be in the Merchants building the rest of the fair. But today we, we have several veterans organizations that are joining us in the old Millstream building. We've got the American Legion, uh, DAV, DAR, um, Memorial, Memorial Squad, uh, the Military Order of the Purple Heart. And then we've got Reverb is playing from 3 to 4.30 this afternoon, and they will be bringing up one of our Guitars for Veterans graduates to participate in a couple of the songs with them. That's exciting. Then following that at 4.30, we have a welcome home ceremony. So this is the first welcome home ceremony that we've done in the 10 years that I've been in the office. And really looking forward to doing this. And we'll be handing out a challenge coin to all the veterans that are in attendance. And we've got a couple local dignitaries that will be there to greet everyone. Then following that, we have uh, free dinner for veterans and one guest while the food lasts from Kathy's Corner. So you don't want to miss that. We also have a $7 meal vouchers for the first 75 veterans that check in at our booth in the old Millstream building today. And that is good with um, most of the local vendors that are out here serving food. So basically, you can get into the fair for free, get free lunch while you're supporting a local vendor, then get free supper while you're supporting a local restaurant. Uh, go to the welcome home ceremony and then you can follow us over to the North Grandstand where I will be riding a donkey to help raise money for Flag City Honor Flight. <laughs> now it's not just you riding a donkey. I mean, when you say that it almost sounds like you'll be in the center ring by yourself riding a donkey. But no, it's the donkey races. It is the donkey races and there will be lots of people out there and it is great chaos to watch the donkeys go whatever direction they want to go. And I've got a couple other members of my office that'll be out there riding with me. Uh, Nicole Prate and Michelle Scott will be out there riding as well. And like I said, lots of people, I don't know, that's not our uh, program, so I don't know who their sponsors are or any of that, but I know it's a lot of fun. And so you can come and watch that in the North Grandstand, bring some bring some money and support us donkey riders and help raise money for Flag City Honor Flight. Flag City Honor Flight such a wonderful uh, organization and the work that they do for veterans. So it's all about veterans today at the Hancock County Fair. And as we mentioned, uh, you're out actually going to be here throughout the the fair in the uh, merchants building to kind of connect with veterans and i think i i saw something the other day you serve 
uh, over 4,000, like 4,500 veterans within the community, something like that? So there are about 4,400 veterans who live in Hancock County, and we would love to serve all of them. We just don't know all of them. So we are hoping that those um, who we do know stop by and say hi, and those who we don't know stop by so that we can get to know them. And we want to make sure that all the veterans and the military families in our community are getting all of the benefits they have earned. And that is such a complicated process uh, because... Well, number one, there are uh, benefits that sometimes veterans are not even aware that they are entitled to. That is absolutely correct. And it can be from, you know, the the VA health system that everyone knows about, but they just don't know how to get connected to it. Or it could be something like... um, the Ohio War Orphan Scholarship that you didn't know about and the name sounds like it should be someone who is an orphan but it doesn't have to be it could be from a severely disabled veteran so there's lots of different ways um, and lots of different benefits that uh, veterans and those military families have earned and and we know we have specialized training from the state and from the federal government on how to help veterans connect with those benefits. So uh, for the veteran or for the veteran benefits that they either don't know about or like you said how to navigate because it can be I mean anytime you're dealing with the government as anyone who is a veteran certainly knows anytime you're dealing with the government uh, there there is no shortage of red tape and you can help cut through some of that. That's correct. So we fill out all the forms if they send you a letter and say we need more information or here is what your benefits are and you don't understand anything we take care of everything every single step and it is also important to periodically go through and kind of review where you're at because i know and and we've talked about this before i mean certainly situations can change sometimes benefits change uh, but more often a situation will change where maybe you might be entitled to a benefit that you didn't qualify before or so on how often should veterans kind of check in and go over that you know give it a once over yeah that is a great thing to bring up because we do we recommend that all veterans come in and see us once every three years the same with the family members if the veteran has passed away so the law can change your health can change and your finances can change and any one of those three things changing could potentially change what benefits you're entitled to so this is just if we meet with you every once every three years we can review all of those things with you Plus, we get to see you. Also, with a, a big life change. I mean, if you get married, uh, spouse pass away, have uh, children, you know, all of those things can change situations as well. Absolutely. And, you know, you have, have a child or get married and you're getting disability benefits, it can increase the amount. If you get divorced or your spouse passes away, we need to make sure that we notify the VA of that because if you're getting paid for those dependents and they are no longer your dependent, then you end up owing the government money and no one likes that. Nobody likes that. Uh, So again, if you are a veteran, uh, you want to stop by and see the folks at Hancock County Veteran Services, uh, especially today because there are so many things that are going on for veterans today uh, here at the fair. But if you don't get a chance to get out today, get out sometime and make sure you make that connection and uh, introduce yourselves. You, again, are in the Old Millstream building today and then in the Merchants Building the rest of the week. 
That is correct. We will look forward to seeing all the veterans and their families out here this week. And uh, like we said, a lot of things going on all day uh, today. And the moment you get here, you mentioned you get the food voucher for the first 75. So the moment you get to the fair, go out and see the uh, veteran services up. That is correct. We are in the front corner up by the stage in the old Millstream building. You can't miss you can't miss our booth. You know, I say this every year. And one of the things that I love about being out here early in the morning at the fair to do this program is watching the fairgrounds come to life as the sun comes up and people start milling about as during the news break i was uh i wandered over to the uh, north grandstand where the kids are already exercising the horses and it's just so peaceful uh, this early in the morning it's just a, a beautiful way to kick off the fair day number one of the hancock county fair our broadcast Sponsored by Legacy Farmers Cooperative, Legacy Lawn and Pet. And we have new digs here at the fairgrounds, as we mentioned. Uh, We're in front of the Cattleman's Barn in this lovely new patio that they have constructed uh, since we were last here. The Cattleman's Association, um, along with Northwestern Masonry and SNS Landscaping, put it all together, and it is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, they were gracious enough to host us for our broadcasts here at the fair. We'll be here today, tomorrow, and Friday. So stop by and, and see us. As we mentioned, day number one is Veterans Day at the fair. And there has been talk of late. This kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with both Veterans Day and the fair itself. There's been talk of late of providing more resources to expand access to broadband internet service, particularly in rural areas of the country, as part of that infrastructure bill that's currently making its way uh, through Congress and to the uh, President's desk. Did you know that this is an issue that impacts a significant number of veterans? Dr. Leone Hayworth is Director of Synchronous Telehealth for the VA's Office of Connected Care. And we recently spoke to her about the VA, telehealth, and the digital divide. Just like in all areas of healthcare, the COVID-19 pandemic, I would imagine, impacted uh, how VA uh, delivers uh, care to veterans, right? That's right. We saw a huge growth in the amount of video-to-home volume during the COVID pandemic. So telehealth has really been more important and more popular than ever before. And I would imagine would have been even more so, but for the fact that, as we mentioned, the so-called digital divide impacts a large number of veterans. And the numbers, uh, again, are probably more than what most people realize. That's right, and especially for us at VA, where a good number of our veterans live in rural areas and may have difficulty accessing the Internet. Um, and so the digital divide for us, and let me just briefly define that for our listeners who aren't sure what that is. Uh, the digital divide is the gap between people who do and who do not have Internet access and an Internet-connected device like a computer, a smartphone, or a tablet. And so this divide can prevent many veterans from receiving care using telehealth. And, well, that was going to be my next question. How does this impact the services that they uh, are able to access? Uh, kind of lay this out as to what you can do for veterans who do have uh, access to broadband and those who do not. Great question. So let me tell you about a couple of initiatives we have going on at VA for that. 
So first we have our digital divide consult, which is a process that connects veterans who don't have internet or perhaps can't afford internet or an internet connected device with the programs, the resources um, to access those internet services and the technology needed for a video visit. So at VA, we have a social worker walk the veteran through the process to determine their eligibility for discounts on internet and for phone service discounts. The other thing we have is VA's Internet Connected Devices Program. So for those veterans who don't have their own device, VA lends veterans an internet connected iPad so that they can reach their VA care team through telehealth. And at the moment, we have over 100,000 iPads out there all across the country mm. in the hands of veterans doing telehealth with their VA care team. So, but, Chris, let me tell you about, because you asked about those veterans who might not have access to Internet at right, home. Right, right. Um, or have difficulty accessing Internet in their communities. So, um, you know, we have the ATLAS program, which stands for Accessing Telehealth Through Local Area Stations. Um, and this is a program where VA has created comfortable private appointment spaces in select locations. So to do this, we teamed up with the American Legion, Veterans of Foreign Wars, Phillips North America, and Walmart to bring these private spaces connected by high-speed internet into these select locations. And so um, about uh, 75 miles or so from Toledo is the town of Howell, Michigan, where we have one of these Atlas locations in the Walmart there. So not only do you have uh, some initiatives to help bridge the digital divide when it comes to um, availability with uh, devices, but again, uh, obviously addressing this issue, as we mentioned, the infrastructure bill, assuming it has the intended result, will benefit all Americans who live in underserved, primarily rural areas that that don't have uh, the access to begin with because uh, this just makes uh, access to these services so much more convenient and I would imagine would be, you envision this being better utilized if uh, people don't have to, as great as having these spaces are, it would be even better uh, for veterans to be able to access these you know, their own home, through their own device, and so on. That's right, and we want to make that easy and affordable to do. So, and and let me ask you this, and and this kind of uh, asked you to sort of maybe look in your crystal ball a little bit, but I would imagine that you've had these uh, these thoughts or these discussions. What more do you envision being able to do if and when we can achieve the goal of universal broadband access. I mean, I would imagine you look at this as sort of scratching the surface of what is possible. Right. And, you know, for veterans who have access to Internet now, um, they can engage with VA in all kinds of ways beyond just doing a video visit. So we have My Healthy Vet, which is our online portal. Veterans can go to request their prescription refills, review their records, manage their appointments and actually message their providers directly. We have our app store where veterans can download apps to assist with pain management, self-care reminders, those sorts of things. But we want that across the board for veterans. Uh, we want the ability for all veterans, uh, many of whom may not have internet services now, to access all of our programs and opportunities. 
Again, Dr. Leone Hayworth is director of synchronous telehealth for the VA's Office of Connected Care, talking about uh, the ways, uh, obviously, the COVID-19 pandemic sort of uh, accelerated this transition and, and talking about some of what is possible with uh, universal broadband access, which is a big part of the narrative uh, right now for uh, everyone, but particularly how it benefits veterans. And where do uh, those who are interested, particularly veterans, go for more information about these uh, services that are available and maybe uh, available on down uh, the line in the future? Yeah, so for the programs that I talked about and for general information about VA's telehealth services, and VA's efforts to bridge the digital divide, you can go to telehealth.va.gov. Dr. Hayworth, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Time now for another update of the odd and unusual side of the news. Uh, This update of the broken news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Police say Maya Pugh of Memphis was one of a couple of dozen people fighting outside a wedding reception venue late Friday night. Uh, Police say there were multiple fights underway when they arrived, and uh, Maya became combative with police and bit one officer. She faces an aggravated assault charge. What makes this story particularly interesting is she was the bride. Not exactly how she planned on spending her wedding night, I would guess. Ended up in jail. In the slammer. An all-out brawl. (laughs) The wedding. Multiple fights. At the wedding reception. Elsewhere in the broken news, here is a solid life tip for you. Don't try to impress your date by engaging police in a high-speed motorcycle chase. 22-year-old, you would think that that would go without saying, wouldn't you? But no. 22-year-old Taylor Beverly was trying to impress a girl he was out on a first date with and while doing so ran a red light while riding his motorcycle. Mr. Beverly reportedly looked behind and made eye eye contact with the police officer, the Clearwater, Florida police department sitting in his cruiser and decided it would be a good idea to make a break for it on his suzuki mr beverly then drove well over 100 miles per hour when the officer activated his lights and ordered him to pull over even going as far as weaving in and out of traffic all while his date clung for dear life behind him on the bike the the officer called in reinforcements the motorcycle was eventually stopped at an intersection around 10 p.m while being read his rights he confessed to the troopers that he was trying to show off for his date (laughs) by the way if you're curious what did the date think of this little adventure she was enraged and told officers she was screaming at him to stop but he refused Mr. Beverly has been released on $10,000 bond and most likely will not be going on a second date. (laughs) At least not with that particular uh, match there. (laughs) I was trying to impress. I was trying to show off for my date. 
This is kind of interesting. Two men attempting to dig up dinosaur tracks at a state park have found themselves on the wrong side of the law. Uh, Jack Boyland, age 30, and Stephen Miller, age 41, were acting suspicious at the Dinosaur Footprints Reserve in Holyoke, Massachusetts, on Saturday, so police were called in to investigate. The men were carrying slabs of rock and tools, according to the Holyoke police captain, who responded when questioned. The suspects admitted that they were digging, but insisted they had no idea that they were on a reservation area. Which is odd, because it is a state park with plenty of signage, (laughs) given that it is a public attraction. Obviously, the officers were not buying it and actually whipped out a map to show the men that they were, in fact, digging up fossils on state property. Says uh, Captain Moriarty of the Holyoke Police Department, a check of the reservation map was made and it appears their digging was indeed on protected land. The two were cuffed and faced several charges, including trespassing, archaeological violation. How about that for a charge? Archaeological... You tell that to your cellmates. What are you in for? Archaeological violation. That's not something you see every day. And, of course, vandalism. They're charged with that as well as it is It is unknown if any of the footprints were damaged or removed as police are still investigating. So They really didn't need to steal the fossils. A Paris auction house is selling a dinosaur. Uh, the world's biggest known example of the Triceratops, a spectacular skeleton on show to the public beforehand. Organizers say the Triceratops is among the most distinctive of dinosaurs due to the three horns on its head. And Big John, as this particular specimen is known, is the largest known surviving example, 66 million years old, and a little over 26 feet long. Um, it'll be offered by auctioneers in October, and it is estimated that it will sell for somewhere around $1.5 million, although past dinosaur auction sales have proved very unpredictable, so you never know. <laughs> hey, honey, we can buy this for our garage. We can put it in the uh, spare room. That's uh, not a problem. We can do that. These guys didn't need to seal the fossils. They could have just bought a dinosaur skeleton in Paris. You know that uh, a lot of folks uh, are not happy about mask mandates and all of that, and I get it. It's really frustrating, but you really need to find a better way to vent your frustrations. A man in Canada was so incensed at the mask mandate at his local Dairy Queen that he relieved himself over the restaurant's counter. A Canadian news agency says it happened on Saturday night in Port Alberni, Vancouver Island. Footage of the incident actually was posted online. The unidentified offender is reportedly still at large. Don't do that. And finally, in the broken news this morning, a very unique item of Michael Jordan's clothing is hitting the auction block. Leland's Sports Collectibles is auctioning off a pair of the basketball legend's underwear. 
Starting bid, $500. The listing notes the underwear shows definite signs of use. And I don't want to know anymore. I don't want to know anymore. There you go. That is today's broken news update. This report on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95. 5 FM, online at WFIN.com, and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices. Bright sunshine and no rain in the forecast. It's going to be a great week for the Hancock County Fair. Our broadcast from opening day at the fair is sponsored by Legacy Farmers Co-op, and joining us is Kent McMillan uh, with the uh, Petroleum Division Legacy Farmers Cooperative. Now, this is interesting, uh, Kent, because I think you know most people. We were talking about Legacy Lawn and Pet earlier, uh, and and you know for not just farmers but the general public, uh, pet needs, lawn needs, lawn care needs, and and so on. And of course, everybody is familiar with what you do uh, on on the uh, agriculture and commodity side. Petroleum. What did what do you do with the petroleum division? What is that all about? Our petroleum division uh, consists of uh, three tank wagon drivers that deliver fuel, uh, gasoline, diesel fuel to ag customers as well as commercial accounts. We have a transport driver that brings uh, fuel into our station in Finley and also Faustoria and also makes uh, direct hauls to some of our larger customers. Now, of course, some people may know you actually do have a, a fuel station there at, uh, right adjacent to Legacy Lawn and Pet uh, there on Route 12 uh, here in town. So people may be familiar with that. That's part of, uh, part of that. That's correct. Um, yeah, and, uh, one of the misconceptions that a lot of people have is that they have to be a member of Legacy Farmers Co-op in order to buy fuel there. Um, that station is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, takes all, all the major credit cards and also if you are inclined we have a legacy card that you get a slight discount if you use that as well. So again just like uh, Legacy Lawn and Pet uh, open to the public and open to uh, everyone and uh, you mentioned delivering to the ag uh, customers I guess you know for people who are not involved in the industry on a day-to-day basis probably have never really given much thought but it's not like you can pull up a combine to the fuel station and that's right. That's right. Um, typically, farmers will have uh, tanks uh, anywhere from 300-gallon to 1,000-gallon tanks and even larger, depending on their size of their operation. Um, our, our delivery guys uh, make regular routes. They have a regular route to deliver, and we're approaching one of our busiest times of year will be fall harvest. Um, the guys will be working extra long hours and even weekends sometimes to make sure that the quality fuels that they need are delivered to them um, because you know every uh, if if you're out of fuel you're setting you're setting and you're not getting anything done. Yeah, exactly. 
Absolutely. Again, uh, so many facets to what farmers do on a day-to-day basis that the rest of us don't see. Uh, but again, uh, Legacy Farmers Co-op, uh, part of all of it, and Kent McMillan with us uh, this morning. Uh, we appreciate you uh, making our broadcast possible, and thanks for dropping by, Kent. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. Look what the cat drug in here. Uh, State Representative John Cross uh, has joined us here at our uh, broadcast booth uh, here in front of the uh, cattle building. And uh, I know you make you make the rounds of all of the uh, county fairs uh, in the area. This is one of the more uh, fun parts of the job? Uh, this is the best part of the job. We have... Uh... It's the only time I can eat really bad food and get away with it. <laughs> Don't well, tell there's me. plenty of that around. I know. I'm looking like there's a frozen cheesecake in front of us, shave ice. But, you know, uh, I also like to go around and get a good uh, sandwich from all the different uh, cattle barns and pork producers. And But, listen, we have some of the best county fairs in northwest Ohio, and it's really uh, a great way to celebrate our agricultural heritage. Uh, we are known... Uh, as ag leaders in northwest ohio and what's on display this week and next week in hardin county at the hardin county fair is some of the best uh some of the best of our agricultural heritage and the junior livestock uh these kids do an amazing job taking care of their animals and their projects and uh they put a lot of work into it so we're proud to celebrate them too yeah we we've said before that the hancock county fair for everything that it is, and it's something different for everybody, but it, it, it first and foremost a celebration of what is Hancock County's largest industry in this area's largest industry. Yeah, we should never forget. I mean, obviously, we know there's wonderful companies here in Finley and Hancock County, but agriculture is the, you know, the the life bread that we feed people. It it uh, does a lot for our economy, and uh, it's not easy for sometimes for our farmers to. Uh, have good years but 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 knock on this beautiful uh, table here it seems like we're having some really good weather the crops look really good and i've talked to a lot of our farmers and they seem to be happy with uh, the weather conditions and hopefully a good harvest this is obviously a lot of fun to be out here and mingle with everybody but also conducting some of that business i know you talk with a lot of uh, the area producers and uh, uh so on and and uh, interact with the with the youth the next generation you're going to be at the uh, livestock sale uh, come monday and uh, all of that is part of you know the larger part of what you do well the big the big part of this is how do we continue these century farms and these legacy farmers and how do we make it easier for you know nothing's easy in life but how do we make it easier for the transition of the youth that want to continue on the family farm you know i've had a chance to visit some local farms here met with a farming community a family that was seventh generation farm and uh i i told the young son no pressure to create that eighth generation but but you know that's that's what we need and we certainly don't want all this land to be grabbed by huge corporate farms it's it's wonderful to have the family farm uh still be able to be very active and a part of the of the hancock county community you think about that i mean there are you would be hard pressed to find a lot of businesses in any industry that last seven eight generations and that is not all that uncommon with respect to the family farm well it's you know if you've ever had a chance to go my first interaction with with understanding how expensive farming was was 
back uh, in college, I worked on the uh, Elliott Farm in Hardin County on winter break, and Ed Elliott at the time, uh, uh, who has passed away since, God bless him, has took me said, "Come on, we're going to go buy a combine." And it was a nineteen, I was nineteen ninety eight or nineteen ninety nine. And we were looking at an 84 used combine, and we went down and met with the old farmer, and he said, well, I'll sell it to you for 40000 I said, Ed, why don't we just go buy a new one? And he laughed, and he says, tell, tell this young guy what a new combine costs. And back then, it was probably two, dollars $300,000. I said, this is a hell of a deal. We're going to take this one. <laughs> so I got my first uh, awakening to how yeah. expensive farming can be. Yeah, no question. And, you know, here just kind of to, to segue... The fact that we actually have a fair this year is such a tremendous thing, not just in Hancock County, but around the state. So good to see these fairs back up and running again after everything that we went through last year. Yeah, this is a great sense of normalcy today. And walking in the uh, in the fair this morning, you know, people are smiling, they're happy. Last night at the grand opening, the ribbon cutting, a packed house. Uh, the loudest applause was when they cut the ribbon and said we're officially open. And, and you got to really think. This is a chance, and particularly for these kids. One of the one of the students last night uh, said they've been waiting for this for a year and a half. This means a lot to them. This is their biggest week of their lifetime, and so it's not only exciting for the kids but for the community. And everybody has a great time at the fair. I'm looking forward to walking around today, meeting with a lot of our veterans, a lot of our senior citizens. But, but you know, as I walked in the gate today, I already had a couple of people uh, walk up to me and say hello. And I'm sure we're going to talk about all kinds of issues, but that's, what's, that's what is about being out here at the fair. You get to see everybody, and you get to talk a little bit about everything. As a politician and just as a member of the community, because, again, as we said, this is uh, maybe the biggest community event of the year. Well, you know, politician or not politician, you know, my father, he used to take vacation uh, during our, our county fair. It's just a great time to be here, regardless of who you are and what you do. It's a great celebration of the community. It's a lot of fun. And like I said, it's a hell of an excuse to come out and eat cheesecake, frozen cheesecake. (laughs) Deep fried candy bars and hot dog on a stick and all of that. We can go on and on. My wife is listening. Don't worry. Chris and I, we're going to go eat uh, healthy breakfast and then then hit the cheesecake. Of course we will. And that will put a wrap on our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning from the fair. Remember, you can get more information on all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net. We're back at the fair tomorrow for day number two, recap opening day, which uh, all expectations are that it'll be a record day at the fair. Also meet the Hancock County Fair royalty and more. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.